This is the Fantasy Road Show. What's up, roadies? How you guys doing out there? Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Road Show. We are your hosts. My name is Truck. Uh, over all the way on the right is Coles. And in the middle, we have a recurring guest. By now, you should know who this is. This is Shane McCormick. Shane, Coles, how you guys doing today? Welcome in. Uh, it's it's Shane O'Mac. Uh, Shane, Shane O'Mac. Uh, say his Shane name. O'Mac. Say his name. Say his name correctly. It's Shane O'Mac. Yeah, there you go. My mistake. <laughs> How are we doing? Good, good, good. Um, so I don't know. We haven't, I guess, talked uh, on a. I talked live really since week one has ended. How do, how are you feeling after week one? You know, this was surprising. Like I. Uh, I actually went undefeated in my six, what I consider my six main leagues, which was crazy since I think three of them I had Dobbins in. So I made up enough um, uh, with the other players and didn't get hit. Um, I was glad. I think every league I was in this year, I went tight in late. And after week one, I was glad I went with that strategy. After seeing the wipeout of the elite yeah. tight ends, yeah, hardly anybody played. Yeah, I uh, I had Dobbins in I think two, well, one league, and then one that I helped someone draft on. So I usually kind of keep an eye on those, but um, I am extremely thin at running back in that one Dobbins league too. So I have like fucking Antonio Gibson as my RB two right now. Uh, I was able this morning to pick up on waivers. I got Kyron, Hill, and Moss and was able to just like, please, one of these hit for me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so anyways, yeah, that's it. This is, uh, I told Ryan, one of our the last podcasts that we recorded yesterday, and I, I, I hate fantasy football. Like every, <laughs> every year I get to a point where I'm just like, fuck this <laughs> why do i put in so much uh and, and that that came week one for me uh next year i think i'm doing best ball in dynasty i'm in a guillotine league that i really like but I, I wouldn't be surprised if i cut out every single redraft league it's just like so frustrating for me i either want to <laughs> draft and have like a million drafts like you do in best ball or i want to do full gm mode instead of like this just pain that redraft gives me every year. Um, so I, I, I think, uh, you know, diving in this deep to, to, to fantasy has made me realize like what I like, what I don't like, and I'm just going to go with it. I, I can't do, I can't do this weekly pain anymore. Yeah. Mike, uh, Mike's been going through this love hate relationship with fantasy for years now through our relationships. And, uh, he's, you know, every year it's just it gets closer and closer to the beginning of the season where he's just like, I'm done. This is it. I just can't do it anymore. So, uh, well, it, it was probably three years ago. I quit all fantasy football leagues yeah. and tried to make the full jump over to DFS. And I was like, redraft leagues taints my brain for it creates a bias, taints my brain for DFS. Um, so I, I, I love fantasy football. I love drafting more than anything, but I, I just, some of it drives me so crazy and some of it I absolutely love. Um, and for me with redraft, like your return on time investment is so low and there's so much pain involved every year for me personally that I'm just like, I, I need to, 
I, I need to just take a step back. It, it makes my blood pressure just go through the roof. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but like to help minimize my frustration during the games on Sunday. So my, what I do is I never, <clears throat> I never check scores until Sunday night in any of my leagues. Like I just want to like sit there in ignorant bliss, I guess, and think I'm still in games and everything. I won't check until see. Sunday I try night. that, and then as I'm watching the games unfold, and I see that there were stats being reported, and I'm just doing the math in my head. I'm like, oh, he's got the thirteen, he's got thirteen point <laughs> five points. Okay, shit. I wonder what I have. So you just constantly the numbers are ticking in my head. So I it's yeah. pointless. I so I like to know what's going on too. Um, I do. For me, it's more just like, and honestly, I had a pretty good week fantasy wise. Like, um, I think I, I don't know, I'm in 11 leagues, I want to say, and I, I think I only lost a couple, but it's still just like little things that drive me crazy. Uh, I, I'm, I don't even know what I'm like for, from this week, for example. I don't know if there's one glaring thing that sticks out or if it's just like we're, we're live and we're going and like, uh, whether it's anticipation or, or or maybe Ryan and I are in a league where we by far is the best roster and then just like losing those matchups are so frustrating. Um, you know, super flex league with Joe Burrow, Daniel Jones, and then just an absolutely stacked roster. And then of course, you know, Burrow and Jones drop the week they do. It's just ugh, whatever. Uh, but anyways, um, let's, uh, let's get into red light, green light. This is this this is a segment. This is an episode that I had like a ton of fun with. To be honest, like looking back at week one, one of the most fun I had just across the board was doing this episode. Was typing up the Substack, uh, watching our picks, and like kind of how that developed throughout the week. Um, so I'm actually interested to hear both of your guys opinions and perspectives on how you think, um, you know, this is going and how your week went there. Yeah, I agree, Mike. I, this, this episode was, was definitely a highlight of the week. Um, and, uh, I think it's one of the most important episodes too. Um, you know, giving all this information that we think, um, are, you know, red lights uh, and green lights. And if you look at, um, we had a pretty hit successful hit rate last week. Uh, if you were paying attention, following, I know Shane hit all of his red lights. I think I missed on a couple here and there, but for the most part, um, across the board, we I think we did really well. Yeah, and I think it, for me, it was almost like a separate little fantasy team. Like I found myself <laughs> following my green light guys, my red light guys, like they were on a fantasy team for me. That's a great point. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it, and there wasn't the pain of like, getting fucked over by some fantasy bullshit yeah. so yeah no i agree I, I i would like to i mean that was our first episode right guys like i have a i think one of the reasons i got so excited behind it too is because like we can just spin off we can make it so much better we can spin off have spin off content like I, I just i'm really excited to see how week one looks compared to week 17 i, I just think we can get better every week of how we deliver the content for everyone. And as Ryan said, like it is so important. People want to know who to start, who to sit. Um, and, and even like eventually getting bold and like, you know, it was really hard for me to sit Daniel Jones after drafting him. Right. But like taking a bold call 
um, you know, sometimes you got to make those moves. So anyways, um, let's get into this week, week two, and uh, everyone knows what to do. Buckle up. Uh, and I did want to mention, if you're listening on the podcast, stop what you're doing, check us out on youtube.com slash sports ethos, like, and subscribe, please. And thank you. Um, follow us all on Twitter. You got our uh, tags here in the in the graphics. Uh, and then also the Substack. We have a Substack articles Cole's referenced. Um, this is in written form is going to be uh, displayed and produced. So uh, follow the fantasyroadshow.substack.com and uh, like and subscribe. Yes, sir. Um, all right. Well, let's dive right in. I think last time we started with red lights. Is that correct? I believe so. Let's uh, let's do that again. Red light, Ryan. Who you got at quarterback? Uh, Dak Prescott. Sorry, uh, Shane O'Mac. Um, I know that um, the Cowboys did really, really well last week. Um, they won by I, the large, the widest, the widest margin out of any team last week, and they looked dominant. But um, for me, the Jets also looked really, really dominant, especially against um, Josh Allen. I know Josh Allen made some mistakes, and he kind of has a tendency of doing that, but. Uh, you know, some would say that Dak Prescott does as well from last season. So um, I'm kind of staying away from Dak Prescott against the Jets. Uh, the Jets defense looked top tier to me. And uh, uh, that's just kind of, I don't know, Shane, Shane, are you, do you have any sort of um, hesitancy about starting Dak Prescott against the Jets? Yeah, he's a bench for me. I think just, you know, going, you said the Jets defense, number one, and I think just number two, like they're not going to need to do a lot. Uh, uh, Sunday against a Zach Wilson led offense for the Jets. Like they just got to kind of do what they did on Sunday night. And that is kind of play conservative. Don't turn the ball over. I could easily see a similar game as he had last week where it's under 200 yards passing, you know, and it's just doing enough to not make mistakes and put Zach Wilson in the Jets, you know, in bad situations against that Cowboys defense. Hey, do not knock, do not knock Zach Wilson like that. This is not this is not the Zach Wilson you saw this year. This Zach Wilson is a year older. He's got Aaron Rodgers by his side. Um, you know he he's going to have offensive coordinator Rodgers in his ear all season. Uh, no, I, I I agree. Like that Jets defense is incredible. Um, I exactly to Shane's point. I don't think they're going to have to do a lot to win that game. That being said, like the Jets are still going to kind of be a problem. Um, like that is the same Zach Wilson, but he has Brees and and Dalvin Cook now. Like if that OC wants to get creative, and it's going to be hard to say what exactly they're going to do on offense. That's different, but you have two stars in the backfield. You have one of the best defenses in the league, and you have some playmakers like that you can get the ball early in, in Wilson. I don't know. I, I just feel like the Jets are still going to win games. Obviously, not to the extent with Rodgers, but please, just like for the sake of the NFL, still be competitive. I think they will. I think they're going to surprise uh, a lot of people offensively this season. Yeah, and obviously their ceiling isn't high uh, as high. I don't think it's Super Bowl anymore, but like, I, I just love the game so much that to see one of the Super Bowl contenders week one just get completely erased is like it's so painful for me. 
Um, so I don't know. I agree though. That defense is going to be a serious problem all year long. Yeah. Shane, what do you got? Uh, so I'm going to go with Kirk cousins. So, um, you know, he didn't have a, he ended up with a decent fantasy game last week, um, but he still had three turnovers against the Buccaneers. Um, but I'm just looking at that, you know, last year he went into Philadelphia and did not have a good game against that defense. I think he ended up QB 25 for the week last year at Philly. I really think it's going to be a similar type of game where they force them into some turnovers. They generate a lot of sacks, um, you know, and I, I think it's a, a lower performance for him this week and they struggle to put up points at Philly. Yeah, that's so funny. So <laughs> Kirk Cousins, the only reason he's not on my red light list is because I have just about every other Viking. And I didn't want <laughs> um i think i mean you guys know you've heard me how i feel about the vikings and like them losing to the bucks i wrote it in a in an article on sports ethos 2 in the preview i'm like this is sneaky a must-win game for the 100 because of how difficult the next three home games chargers chiefs niners and then of course you're going you're going to philly in this game so like to me, them losing that game, they're going to be 0 3. They're going to lose here to the Eagles. They're going to lose at home to the Chargers. They're, this game is going to be a serious problem for the Vikings, not only because um, I don't think they're very good, uh, but you had an Eagles team that was going to be in a dogfight going to New England uh, and facing you know a team where Bill Belichick had since the since the schedule was released. He had the entire time to prepare his defense for, um, you know, a team that had even added games in the Super Bowl last year. So he, you know, that was always going to be a very tough uh, game for the Eagles. Well, now you're going back home. Um, you, I, they're they're going to be at the link, and they're just going to be ready to destroy the Vikings. And that is just such a bad spot for them. Um, so bad spot for the Vikings. You know how good that Eagles defense is going to be this year. That line is just nasty. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a really tough night for, um, for Kirk. I think it's going to be a horrible night for Alexander Madison, who showed that he is who he thought he was last week, or at least that who, who I thought he was. I know Shane, you had some high hopes for Madison, but this is going to be a bad game for him. He'll be on my red light at running back, but um, yeah. Anyways, Ryan, did you have another, did you just have, well, no, uh, I was going to, I wanted to chime in about uh, Kirk cousins. Like I was, I would, he was in consideration for me on my list of red lights. Yeah, but what I saw from last week from Mac Jones putting up 300 yards and three touchdowns on that Philly defense, I know it was at home in Foxborough, but still, Mac Jones putting 300 yards and three touchdowns on that Philly defense was like, oh, okay, well, you know, Kirk Cousins almost had 300 yards in that first half. Like he was slinging the ball last week. Um, they, they, if we're looking at this as a Vikings must win, like the Vikings are looking at this, like, hey, we just lost in Tampa Bay. We cannot go 0 and 2 in this season. And they're going to come out very uh, ferociously. But I do think the Eagles still win. But it just kind of gives me a little pushback that um, Mac Jones was able to put up a, a decent game 
over 24 fantasy points on that Eagles defense. So that was my pushback. Well, you're you're getting on me about Zach Wilson, Shane. And you'll, don't throw that shade at Alabama Mac. Yeah, no, sorry, Rye. Uh, week one at home against the Bucks is not a short week at Eagles. It's going to be bad. They're just not good. Um, I, I think I think that game's going to be an ugly Thursday night blowout. Eagles are going to just do that thing where they start hot, get up get up big early, and then just kind of coast in the second half. Well, I'll be able to go to sleep at you know at halftime. <laughs> we'll appreciate that kind of like kind of like Shane's Shane's Cowboys and Giants. Oh, I, I was yes. dog shit tired on Saturday Sunday evening and was able to you know, confidently turn it off and, and, and sleep like a baby. So I, I expect that same thing here tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, who do you got, Mike? Uh, I have, so I, you know, I, I was very tempted to put Kirk on here. Um, another team that I think is in a really bad spot who I do have on here, uh, quarterback that I think I had last week, Jimmy G uh, Raiders at bills, bills, um, have to be disappointed, but going home, um, I think there's going to be an absolute fire behind them. I think Josh Allen has an outstanding game. I think they pretty much dominate. Um, spread right now is eight and a half. I saw it was up to like nine, nine and a half. Shane, I know you're doing a preview there. Uh, I would jump all over the eight and a half while it still exists. I bet you that goes back to the nine, nine and a half. But yeah, I think. Jimmy G, he's on my red light list. Uh, you're going to hear about Devonta later. I just think it's going to be a tough game for the Raiders. Um, they just won at Denver. Um, anytime you, anytime you have to face a, a team who is as good as the Bills and a team that is, a, you know, going to be fighting for the division, going to be fighting for the number one seed in conference, you don't want them after a loss. Uh, so I think you're going to see that here. On top of that, I have uh, Sam Howell, who is going to Denver to play who Jimmy G just played. And I, I just like Denver's defense. Um, you know, I think it's going to take some time for them to figure out Sean Payton's offense. So, um, you know, they're going to win games against these bad teams. And then Sean Payton, like he does over the course of the year, he likes, he, you know, he figures it out. He's a true NFL professional and that offense will eventually look like it did in the first half, but I expect it to be a tough game for Howell, the commanders. I don't think that offense is really uh, as good as we thought it was going to be in preseason. And quite frankly, I think the commanders are going to be very bad this year. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean, we saw Howell struggle a little bit last week against the Cardinals. Like, uh, you know, that's that's tough. So yeah, I don't have any sort of confidence of playing him this week. So um, I completely agree with you there. Um, I this one pains me. Okay, this one hurts me to say, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. This is one that I hope I get wrong, ten out of ten times. But I'm not starting Justin Fields this week at Tampa Bay. Okay, use the accent. Use listen, the accent. Listen, Justin Fields. What he did on Sunday against the Packers, absolute embarrassment. Absolute fucking embarrassment. I'm just done with it. Uh, I have no sort of confidence. The play calling was shit. The, the his his progression was shit. The the defense was shit. I'm just 
I'm, I'm worried, okay? I'm really fucking worried. I have a league currently with Justin Fields as my starting quarterback. What did I do? I picked up Jordan Love. I picked up Jordan Love on the waivers. And I think I might actually be starting Jordan Love over Justin Fields this week. And I, I want to go puke right now. I'm, I just, I'm sick to my stomach about it. And I just, I, until I see Justin Fields do something that is worthwhile with the Chicago Bears offense, I just don't want him in my starting lineup. Sure, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I could be wrong here. He could go out there and run for 150 yards and be have a great week. I want that to happen. But I'm worried, okay? Please, 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 please do not start Jordan Love this week over Fields. Please. Please don't do that. I, um, we'll tell I'm, I'm, yeah, no. I'm, don't I'm do that, please. I'm panicking, okay? Yeah. Don't, do not make that decision. Um, I, I think – I genuinely think the Bears can go into Tampa and win. Um, I think they have a lot to prove after how horrible it was, um, in green May or at home against green May. Um, it's very concerning seeing the way that fields like granted the play calling, you know, he is a downfield thrower and, and you didn't see much of that. Uh, DJ Moore was shadowed by Alexander, which is typically not a good situation for any wide receiver. Um, things have to open up. Like you can't be a professional sports organization, have that disaster of a f- opening week and then be like, what the fuck's going on here? Like open up the playbook. You, I just, I, I can't imagine that happens again. I think you have to start taking shots. Um, the concerning part for me was like fields just doesn't look comfortable in the pocket or like going through reads uh, so if they open up the playbook and you see more of that, I would be concerned, but the bucks are not a good football team. I mean, their defense is okay, but, uh, I mean, they were, they were getting torched last year, last year. I, I just, I'm not sold on the bucks as, um, a contender in that division. So this is a very winnable game for the bears. They need it. Um, and then on the flip side, I mean, Packers going into Atlanta is going to be a tough game. Atlanta is a lot tougher than people think and Arthur Smith's a great coach and is going to have a great game plan that just has long draining drives you know um, but that's my thought on fields what do you think Shane yeah I, I agree I mean I'd still start him also because you got to think with that Green Bay game you know there's a good chance they're going to be without Aaron Jones yeah. this week so that is a Dylan looks bad this yeah, he's a tremendous receiving threat out of the backfield. AJ Dillon is not that. No, he couldn't do it against the Bears. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's concerning, man. Like Dylan did not look good. Um, so uh yeah, totally agree. Well, I appreciate you guys talking me off my cliff. I'm still I'm I'm still, I'm still Hey, Bears are gonna be one and one after this I, week. I hope you're Bears right. I really could be, I, could be one and one after I, this week. I don't want to say yes, will be. I, I want them to win. Okay. I want I, I think they there is a good chance they could win. But just from what I saw, I have no I have little to no confidence. You have to get that back before Sunday or you're just so fucked as a city and a fan base and a team and we need we need that confidence by Sunday. 
I'll, I'll try to I'll try to go uh, do some ayahuasca. What did I tell you after that game? I, I said four weeks. Yeah. Give them four yeah, know, weeks. Just... See, see what kind of a football team you have after four weeks and then be depressed and try to tank for Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> but it has to be four yeah. weeks. Shane, what do you got? Uh, uh, okay. You ready for a shocker ready. here? Yeah. All right. Shocker. Baby. I am, I am going to go <laughs> with Tua this week, traveling to new England in a night wow. game. So a couple things, uh, dude, couple things, couple things like one, Bill Belichick is not going to be a complete moron and just do man-to-man single coverage on Tyreek Hill the whole game like the freaking idiot Chargers did the whole time. He will scheme up a way to minimize the damage so he doesn't go for 200-plus yards. Yep. Two, I mean, last year when Tua went into New England, he ended up as QB 22 for the week. It was not a great game in new england we just saw we just saw them limit hurts and that offense and i have trust in bill belichick being able to scheme up something that limits at least limits a explosion game um yeah so i i almost put him on my list too honestly um first that first off though i think each episode we need a segment called shane shocker shane's and shocker of shane- the week <laughs> Shane O'Mac shocker of the week. So I love <laughs> get to work on that graphic. Oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. We need to, we're going to, that's one, that's going to be one of the first t-shirts. Yeah, we Shane, I'm going to need a picture of you just going the, like this. No, no, we need Shane McMahon with the show. Oh, the, Shane, yeah. the, the real Shane O'Mac. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I love that. We're going to have a Shane O'Mac shocker of the week. Um, we, we may need a guitar rift, uh, from your dad, I love it, but yeah, so Shane, I was going to put two as well. I love that pick by you, like just classic, uh, regression of the mean everyone public's going to be all over the dolphins. Um, and like the NFL always is, you know, comes back around. So I think you're exactly spot on there. Um, isn't that game like Sunday night too? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, Belichick prime time, like making another team that's just public's all over look ugly. I love that pick. Um, so I, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, all right. Well, I think we can move on to green lights. Uh, I think we covered enough red lights there. Let's go to quarterback green lights. Um, calls. Why don't you go ahead and start us off with uh, a quarterback green light that you got on your list? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to just rattle off three. I know Shane and I ended up with the exact same three. So let's just dive into, uh, our, our green lights, Jared Goff, (laughs) Anthony Richardson and Daniel Jones. Um, so, you know, Shane, I don't know if you want to go through and make note of each of those. Mine are more all game game script, uh, aligned. So if you have some stats throw at, at us, let's start there yeah so i mean just richardson just start with richardson you know just like from the eye test he looked a lot better to me than i was expecting throwing the ball than i ever expected like if he's gonna get 220 yards plus passing in a game i mean that he's he's set up to be a a top five qb every week yeah just lock it in and you know they're 
playing uh, Houston this week, so I expect that to be a close game. So they're going to keep it close, I think. And I think he goes, I don't know what they put up as a rushing prop yet for him, but I would expect more than 40 yards rushing for him this week than what he got. That's what he got last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I, the only thing that almost kept me uh, away from Richardson that I saw that I didn't like is that I think it was all but two of his passes were to the right side of the field. Um, So, you know, D'Amico Ryan's, being a defensive coach, defensive-minded coach. And Texans defense is okay. It's going to be like the bright-ish spot of that team, I think, after the season. Um, So, yeah, but, I mean, I completely agree. He looked a lot better and composed um, in his first start. Uh, Sorry, I'm looking up this rushing prop for you right now. But um, yeah, from a from from the way he looked and um, that game script of being a close game, they should win in Houston. Um, I think that uh, I think Richardson's going to be a home run pick this week. Yeah, I agree with uh, all three of those. I'm trying to find it. Yeah, his props not out yet, but. Um, I totally agree. I mean, even like think about Will Anderson coming off the edge, which is going to cause him to get out of the pocket and get some yards. Uh, I forgot what the designed run statistics were of last week, but it was, you know, uh, he he had a a very healthy amount of designed runs for him, which you got to love to see. Um, So, and that's for me on Richardson. That's uh, that's that for, for golf, simple game script. That's got to be the biggest win of theirs in what, like 10 years? Super Bowl champ on opening yeah. night. Like mm-hmm. the Lions have not been winning games even close to that. Um, so that place who has sold out, I think completely sold out season tickets, is going to be fucking rocking uh, against a Seahawks team who is just – not that good. Gave up 30 points to a skeleton of a Rams offense. Um, Goff at home, as we know, is an absolute stud. Um, so I, I, I think he's going to just come out um, and sling the ball like he likes to do at home. The energy in the building is going to be outstanding. Uh, I have Laporta on my green light. And uh, once again, I'm on raw. Like, I just think they're going to put up points fast. Um, and look really good and beat down the Seahawks. Yeah, and, you know, they Seahawks just allowed over 300 yards to Stafford, and that was with new, no Cooper Cup. Skeleton's play. Yeah, skeleton Rams offense, you know. I mean, so – and I, I, don't, I don't remember what it is, but I'm almost positive, like, last year this game was in Detroit also, and it was a pretty high-scoring game if I remember correctly. So I, I think that will be a similar game script this year. Um, absolutely. What do you got, Rye? Um, so my green lights, um, I agree with you guys. As Mike, I never th- would have thought I would have heard you green light Anthony Richardson, but um, today's the day. So. <laughs> well, I, I still want to hit on Daniel Jones. I, I was talking more so on those on those two quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Goff, we saw what he did last week, and uh, you, you're right. He plays well at home. Um, I, I considered putting him on my green light list, but um, I left him off. I have other people on here that I, I like better, but – um, yeah, man, golf and Richardson. Richardson shocked me last week along with you guys. Uh, him being able to get Pittman the ball too that much in that often was 
intriguing to me as well. So, yeah, he, Richardson's going to should be a top five play each week. I mean, with his rushing upside and if he can throw the ball like that, um, Houston should be a pretty susceptible defense to his play style. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with both of those. I'm not ready to say top five play each week, but this game against a bad Houston team, I think you're going what it, what week one gave me confidence to say about Richardson was, okay, he looks better than thought against a decent team. I mean, Jags, listen, they're not, none of these teams in this division are going to have one of the top defenses, but um, you're going to see games where Richardson looks really good. He looked a lot better than thought. I don't even think really good. I think there's going to be some video game type, you know, Richardson games where he's QB one and just looks outstanding. But Texans are one of those teams he can put up. He can put those types of games up on and just, um, yeah, I mean, exactly game script wise. Oh, here we go. Last last year, Ford Field Seahawks. Lions was 48 to 45. There you go. Yeah, I thought it was something big. Um, sorry, I was looking that up. But yeah, um, so that's for that's what Richardson did for me is just instill a little bit of confidence of like, all right, as of right now, early on, before teams get too much film on him and start to game plan more to his style and take away the right side of the field and make him uncomfortable, like, when you're six six and you can run like that, you're gonna make some you're gonna make some things happen. And the arm was was certainly a surprise that I didn't really expect to see. But um, but yeah, tell us about DJ Shane. So, two things. What I'm looking at is just one. He is not gonna run into that game script that again like he did Sunday night. I mean, that was just the worst case scenario for a guy like Daniel Jones when you put him in that big of a hole with a block kick return and then a pick six INT where Barkley got hit. When you put him in the hole and you're just, then you open up the floodgates of pass rush against him. That's just not his game to come back from behind from that many. And he's obviously not going to be in that situation this week against Arizona, you know, Arizona just, I mean, Sam Howe, we didn't think was very good last week, right? He still was QB eight for the week. And that was with putting up 11 rushing yards. So I think Jones, you know, will be back to being a top 10 QB this week against him. Yeah, I I, I love uh, Daniel Jones coming off that. I mean, I still think they're a good offense. I think you're going to – I'm a little worried about Waller's hamstring. Uh, he just always seems to have a nagging injury every year. But uh, I think – DJ, I also have Saquon on my green light list. I think they both bounce back against the tanking team uh, in a really big way. Uh, they're going to be, you know, one of my easy, uh, cheap survivor picks this week as well. Um, if I can get through, if I can get through two weeks with the Commanders and the Giants <laughs> out, out the door already, that's really good in Survivor. But yeah, Daniel Jones, he's he's looked. Like he even looked great in that first drive against the Cowboys. Uh, so I'm not worried that they're going to put it together and against a, you know, week two against a really bad tanking Cardinals team. That's going to be the time to do it. Yeah, I have Daniel Jones on my list as well. But uh, I mean, you guys made pretty much all the points that I was going to make. He's, I think he does have a bounce back week against a, a defense that is bottom, 
barrel in the NFL. And, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, we saw what Howell did last week, and I think Daniel Jones is a better version of Howell. And uh, I think he's going to have a bounce-back week. I'm, I'm excited to see what Daniel Jones can do. Uh, I had him on the red light last week, obviously, with the Cowboys, but positive game script, positive matchup. Um, should have a lot of rushing yards in this game. That was going to be the point that I was going to make is that you had him on your red light. That hit swimmingly. Clearly, Trucks got his finger on the Danny Dimes pulse. So uh, stay tuned for <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching that closely. Uh, but my my other um, my other green light is Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy going against the Rams. Um, I I liked what I saw last week. I mean, the team looked phenomenal. Um, uh, you know, uh, very, very excited what Purdy can do this week. I, I think Kittle, I have Kittle on my green light list as well. I think Kittle has a better week. Um, I would put Ayuk on there, but you guys should already be starting Ayuk. Okay. I'm not going to be putting him on my green light list every week, but, um, yeah, Brock Purdy, um, full steam ahead with the San Francisco team. Uh, I can't wait to see what he can do against the Rams this week. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, the Rams defense like somehow shut down the Seahawks, so that was a surprise. Um, I think the Niners are going to be a buzzsaw. Um, I don't know what to think about this game quite yet. I think it might be closer uh, than we expect. I think the Rams defense might be better than we thought. Um, so I I don't know. I'm a li- I'm probably. Uh, I'm probably, I'm probably kind of just sit back and see. I actually have Kittle on my red light wrist list. Time. So <laughs> we'll, we'll talk yeah, about we'll that, when, that we, when we get there. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts there, Shane? I don't have much to add. No, I think he's just, I look at him as like one of the safest, uh, starts like in Superflex or two QB leagues. I mean, I think, you know, you're most weeks you're getting 200 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. That's, yeah, totally agree there. Um, what? Um, Sorry, I think I've hit, I've hit on all my quarterbacks. Are, are we all good there? Yeah, yeah, I'm good to go. Right. Yep. Ryan, why don't you get truck get us started with red light running? Backs? <clears throat> red light running backs. Um, first one, Najee Harris. Uh, we saw what uh, Pittsburgh they couldn't run the ball against uh, San Francisco, and I think it's going to be a very similar story against Cleveland. Uh, we saw what Cleveland did last week to Cincinnati and um, just kind of put the brakes on that team. So uh, I'm not confident in Najee Harris. If I have a better option, I'm going to be starting them over Najee. Um, and, uh, you know, I think you're going to see they're going to try to work in Jalen Warren more too. So I just uh, – I'm staying away from Najee. Uh, I didn't see anything that was uh, that would give me confidence for this week. Yeah, we're we're crossing swords again here. I have Najee as well. Um, I and it's not so much like anti-Najee as much as it is pro Browns defensive. Yeah, it's line. a mixture of both I for think, me. I think it's the best defensive line in the NFL. Um, to be honest, like which is saying a lot because there's some pretty damn good lines, but they're in, like Miles Garrett. I, I he was my defensive. Was he did my defensive player of the year? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he yeah. was. If he's not, I I actually did. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I've been on Garrett defensive player of the year for quite a while. I just think he's due to win that award. He's just an absolute beast. And um, 
he's going to be a big reason part of he's going to be a big reason why that team is um you know going to start 2 and 0 against two division opponents but they're going to be in that divisional race if not have a very good chance to win the division this year um so yeah i i'm staying away from that pittsburgh backfield until i see something that i like but especially against what i think is going to be the best defensive line in the in the nfl Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Shane, what do you got for red light uh, running backs? Uh, so my first one is I'm going with a guy who got 22 carries last week. I mean, woo, that's, that's pretty nice. Get 22 carries, Cam Ooh, that's a good workload. But you only get 29 Oof. yards, and like I'm not really good at math. I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't think there was supposed to be like math in in fantasy football, but that's like. I don't know, maybe one point something yards a carry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, A, so th- that's ugly. Williams looked much better in that game. I mean, I think he went 15 for 52 and had the two touchdowns. Um, so there's, there's that component. And then, you know, just the opponent. They're facing the 49ers, who's going to be – I mean, that's going to be one of the tougher run defenses to go against all throughout the year. So uh, – you know, it's uh, you look at the amount of rushes he's got, but I think it's we're going to start to see a little bit a shift of more sharing of those rushing attempts going forward. Well, I think I think it was like <clears throat> I think Kyron Williams. It was something crazy, like twenty six to four snaps in the first half. So it was something I don't remember what the actual snap count was between those two in the first half last week, but it was something egregious. Um, yeah, I, I was actually very high. Kyron Williams was my number one pickup this week for waivers. Um, but I'm sitting both of those guys for the reason <laughs> of playing the 49ers and letting them figure out that backfield. That being said, I think it's Kyron Williams' backfield, which sucks because I uh, was pretty high on Acres, have him on a couple teams. Um, I don't know. Like I, I just, I think I, I think I'm ready to accept that that's probably going to be Kyron Williams' backfield, and that's why I was so high on him to be, uh, you know, my number one waiver and targeted him as much as I could, but. It's for me against the Niners, staying away from both of them, letting them figure that out. Yeah, we we all have the Rams running backs on our list. I mean, Cam Akers from what we saw last week, you just you can't start him. You you just can't, especially against the San Francisco. You had a, you had Akers as well. Yeah, he's on my list as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah, hard. I, it's I hard don't... not to pick him in this in a red light uh, segment where it's like, dude, if everything we saw last week, his yards per carry. The, uh, the usage of that backup running back who would now should be taking that workload from him. And, and just, I don't know, it's just Sean McVay just not like Cam Akers. Like, I don't know what it is about the situation, but it's all murky. And I just, um, it's it's unfortunate because I'm with Mike. I was very high on Akers coming into this year, and that's a take that L. But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely not. I mean, maybe. Him. Again, it's just one week. It just doesn't look No. Good. I mean, the twenty, the 22 carries is the only it, bright spot. You haven't touched the ball that many times, but what he did with it was just horrendous. But to my knowledge, that was not first half, like first half carries. Um, I'll have to go back and look, but I, I read something. I guess you can't 
believe everything you read, but I read something that first half snap count was like disgusting in Kyron Williams's favor. And I think that was a big reason why I was, you know, all over him. Yeah. But, um, I mentioned Alexander Madison, um, have him on my red light list. Me too. Uh, yeah, I just, I never liked him and, I have two guys. Let me bunch these guys together. I have two guys who I've been very vocal about not liking. Um, and one in Alexander Madison was just dog shit last week, which I was very happy to see. Another one is Brian Robinson, who from a fantasy production standpoint had a okay week on a commander's team that, you know, didn't necessarily shine. Um, against a really bad team, but I just didn't think Robinson again, like he's going to be the back that they continue to try to make their like franchise running back. But I just don't think he's that kind of a talent. So, um, you know, going into a very tough Denver environment, mile high is a tough place for, you know, altitude wise to just, uh, stay on the field and, and, and be a workhorse, um, you know, all game, but especially against this, this Denver Broncos team, whose defense is just going to be keeping them in games, uh, all year. I don't like that game for, uh, for the commanders as a whole, but, um, certainly Brian Robinson as well. Yeah. I wish they would stop fucking around and just, just give the ball to Antonio Gibson. All right. He's the better running back. Just stop, stop fooling around. Like just. I don't, I don't, I, he didn't like, he didn't do shit either. He didn't, he didn't get enough work. Like, I don't he didn't know. get enough of the work. Like, I don't know yeah. that Antonio Gibson is like good enough to take away from. If you give, Brian if you give Gibson, he got three yeah, rushes. If you give Gibson yeah. the carries that, that Brian Robinson had, he had a, he would have had a better game. He's a better running back. That's just, I will stand by that most, through and through. Most likely, most likely <laughs> I agree with you, but at the same time, it's not like he's this young, promising prospect who, like, they have no reason to give it to him over Robinson. Robinson's the younger guy, the guy that they, you know, believe in. So they're going to give him a long leash, unfortunately, and it's going to be frustrating for Gibson owners. That's the reality of the situation. Yeah. You know? um, Shane, do you have any other red light running backs? I, we covered all of mine. Uh, the only other one I had was uh, Lil Herbert. So little, did you say Lil Herbert? He is Lil Herbert. <laughs> Lil, <laughs> or I could say or Lil, Lil I Herbert. love that Lil Herbert. That, that Lil, Lil Herbert. <laughs> Lil Herbert. I'm putting that on your graphic. So <laughs> I love that. Um, a couple of things. So, like you know, they're playing the Bucks. So the Bucks now maybe this is more of an indictment on Alexander Madison. But they held Madison to a very low game. But you know what I didn't like seeing? You know, going in, Herbert, I thought, into week one had established himself as the number one guy there. But, you know, Roshan got five or six carries in the touchdown. And then we saw Foreman get five or six carries too. And I don't know. I just think now I'm thinking maybe we may start to see a – takeover of this backfield eventually of Roshan being the guy um, at some point in time. And so I just don't like the matchup this week. Um, if you have to start. Yeah, I'm here for that, man. Roshan all day. Just he was the one shining thing for me on Sunday was a little bit of that Roshan late. So uh, I love that. Um, let's go. Let's yeah. go green light. I, go ahead. I, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Herbert. So I agree with the matchup. Um, however, like I think he is the starting running back. Um, so how that split kind of worked out? If you look at like the the uh, the the touch chart on the in in the Chicago running back room, it was Khalil Her- Khalil Lil Herbert got no. Lil, Lil Herbert had all the carries in the beginning of the game. Roshan got staggered like he would take an entire drive. So it was like one a and then change of pace back Herbert. And really Roshan didn't get that type of work until the end of the game when things were kind of out of hand. That being said, he was the most energetic high product. Like he was, he was that spark plug back and he showed that talent. So over the course of the year, yeah, I, I would agree that he'll chip into that, but it's not going to happen really anytime soon. I mean, it's going to be a few games. Um, and I think that only comes if Herbert shows that he just like is not good. So from a matchup standpoint, definitely agree. But this week, I don't think you're going to see Roshan chip into too much produ- uh, production, or at least like, opportunity production opportunity wise um but yeah it was interesting to see that like touch chart of how that unfolded um and of course i feel like at the in the fourth quarter roshan looked like the only person still trying for the bears um rise wide receivers uh green light running backs green light Um, well, I have Saquon. I talked about him. Um, and then I'll bunch together Bijan and Gibbs. I have them in the green light column, um, because of how they looked and how productive they were with their carries. And I think that their roles will increase over time. I think they're both going to be in competitive high ish scoring games. Maybe not as much the Falcons, but, um, the Falcons are going to be in a highly competitive game. So I think Bijan, anytime there's a you know a, a highly competitive game, he's going to be involved heavily. Uh, Algier, a lot of his carries came uh, in that second half when they were in the fourth quarter when they were up. So um, from a game script standpoint, I think Bijan's more involved. And then from just showcasing your new guy at home, uh, I'm sure Detroit Radio is talking about his usage in game one. Uh, I could see Campbell come out coming out and unleashing Gibbs a little bit. Um, So I don't know. What do you guys think there? Yeah. I mean, I like that Um, Gibbs. I I think we're going to see a bigger workload this week, but how big, how much of an increase we're going to see. That's the only thing I'm questioning. Uh, But from the touches we saw, he looked really good. So um, I completely understand him being a green light, especially with the way that I think Detroit's going to perform this week. Um, and Bijan, I mean, yeah, <laughs> Bijan looks great, man. He looks really, really good. So uh, I like that. Um, Shane, I don't know. Did you want to add anything on there before we move on? Uh, no, no. Um, I have um, yeah. uh, Rashad White uh, going against Chicago. Um, Chicago's defense looked <laughs> abysmal, uh, and I think Rashad White looked really good last week. Uh, I think that he's going to run all over this defense, and he's going to be a start for me. Yeah, I have him as well on my list. I agree. 
Yeah. I mean, he's got, and he got last week an insane amount of usage and touches. I mean, he is the main guy in that backfield. He didn't do much with it last week, but I mean, when you're getting that much, uh, you know, he's going to have good fantasy. Oh, yes. Yeah. The amount of usage and then with how bad the Bears' defense is, is that was why I threw him on that on my green light list as well. Um, So that was kind of a no brainer. Um, yeah, and then I have um, a couple other guys. Uh, Damian Pierce, uh, I think he's going to bounce back this week. I know his usage, uh, his workload wasn't as large as some people would have thought, but uh, going against Indianapolis, I think Damian Pierce is a bounce back week. Uh, there's not much really that um, other than like a gut feeling that I just think Pierce is is going to surprise people this week after if you think that he's just going to be limited to um, you know a, a, a kind of a timeshare. Uh, with Devin Singletary. So uh, I like Pierce this week against Indianapolis, but I also mainly I wanted to talk about James Cook uh, with Buffalo. Uh, We saw him get like 90% of the carries last week. Uh, Damian Harris got one carry and James Cook also had six targets out of the backfield. Like that, that's such, that's, that's so good to see um, coming out of a a tough defense with the jets. I know he didn't do much with the workload, but uh, I think this week, uh, that's going to change, and I think uh, James Cook is going to uh, have a big, big game. Uh, yeah, I'll co-sign Cook. I don't know how I feel about Pierce. I don't. I'm kind of just staying away from that offense. Really, um, it was good to see the the amount of targets that Collins and 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 Woods got. I think they're talking about Tank Dell getting worked into the offense yeah, more, I but I just think it's going to be. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm going to stay away from the Texans a little bit for now uh, until I see them. I guess win a game. Yeah. Put up some points. Um. The only other guy I had on mine was, um, Mr. DeAndre Swift. Um. Did has Gainwell been ruled out? Um. Not yet? officially, but he's. It's, uh, it's, he's good. He's going to be out. Right yeah. Now. I don't know. Yeah. yeah he, He'll be out. Gainwell's going to be out. And like, I, I just, I think whether he was in and I, I this was going to be a swift game for me, regardless. I think, um, the Eagles are going to be doing one of those just, I think figuring it out as they go throughout the season. I don't think there's a huge difference then if Gainwell or if Swift gets those touches from last week, like they're going to be giving games to different guys. And I think Swift, this is his game against the Vikings, bad defense uh, at home with that, you know, he, he's back home in Philly. I think it's like the, you know, DeAndre Swift coming home party um, and Eagles are going to dominate that game. Swift is a better talent running talent than Gainwell. I think he's just going to just absolutely ball out uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's, that's a great pick. I mean, with Kenneth Gainwell sitting out, this could bode really well for Swift and his workload moving forward too. Um, If he comes out and has a monstrosity of a game, um, they're going to be giving him the ball a lot more than they would have been if Gainwell played and got the majority of the share there. So, yeah, I like I like that move for Swift and for him moving forward. He's a Philly guy, man. Yeah, I know. Philly, I, know Philly. I know. He's a Philly guy. 
Philly takes care of their guys. Like he's gonna just he, he's gonna have two touchdowns and 150 yards, uh, and then they're gonna be up by three touchdowns going into halftime, and you know Boston Scott is just gonna shove it down their fucking throat the rest <laughs> no. of the game. 150 and two touchdowns. Heard it here first by calls. Uh, Shane, what do you got? All right, so my two guys, let's just go ahead and uh, we're going to make a threesome with James Cook because I'm on I'm on him too. I mean, we elite top running back usage last week, like you mentioned. Um, and then my other guy is Ramondre Stevenson. So a couple things. One, he came into that game last week battling this stomach virus. So I don't think he was quite at 100%. Like he missed Friday practice with it. Um, Eagles is a really tough run defense up front, um, but he still got like over 70% of the snaps, um, elite receiving usage, six catches, which really helped his uh, PPR floor. Um, and then I'm just looking at the opponent. So, you know, facing a team that just gave up 200 plus yards rushing and three touchdowns um, in Miami, I think that he bounces back in a big way this week. Yeah, I like that. I mean, Stevenson, he looked like the better running back too. Um, his involvement in the passing game, and I, I, I like that. Um, I, I was shocked to see how much they actually did utilize Zeke. You know, he, he got some targets too, and he got some carries. And uh, I'm curious to see how that all develops moving forward. But I, I like the Stevenson play this week. Yeah, if you're if you're a Stevenson owner and you see that Zeke fumble. Knowing Belichick, you're like, oh, oh, yes. oh yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good point. Hey, send, send, send out some buy low offers for Stevenson. After that last week game, you might be able to get him. Yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to wide receivers, huh? How about it? Yeah, I have uh, to match up with Howell. I have Terry McLaurin. Um, it just seemed like. I don't know if it was his his toe injury or he could just never really get going. And I think uh, in a really tough environment in Mile High, uh, you know, Patrick Sertain, you saw kind of what he did to Devontae Adams yeah. last week. Um, I, that, that I have Devontae Adams on my list again going up to Buffalo. I just think it's going to be back-to-back bad games for him. Um, so I have those two on my list. Uh, two, I, I wanted to go with two guys who you, you know, probably put some pretty good draft capital into that are just going to have slow starts the season. I'm not worried about Devonte Adams from a season standpoint. That even might be a good time to buy him low. Um, you can try to start planting the seed this week by, you know, tapping and tapping at that owner, whoever in your league and say like, man, what happened to Devonta week one and then have him underperform again this week and then go back and see what you can get for him. But uh, I would plant that seed because I, I just think Jimmy G is a competent passer. It's just a really bad start being away at Denver and then going to Buffalo. So McLaurin, Devonta, they're my red lights. Yeah, I like that. I got McLaurin as well. Um, Devonta makes a lot of sense. Uh, I just, man, it's <laughs> – like, I don't know, man. I just – Devontae Adam is such a good wide receiver. And last week, I mean, 
Jacoby Myers, my best friend Jacoby Myers. How about that game? He is your best. Friend. How about that game, yeah. man? He was came out swinging. So um, yeah, I get that. Totally get that. Uh, I also have I had McLaurin, but I also have DJ Moore uh, to go with my Chicago Bears stuff. I you know with DJ Moore only getting the three targets last week, that was very concerning. Um, we got to see him opening up this offense. You know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but um, I, I'm just I'm worried about DJ Moore as well. Uh, and I wish I would have saw a little bit more last week to give me a little bit more confidence in them this week. But, yeah, I'm just nervous. Nervous Nelly over here. Yeah. I had uh, I had Scary Terry also, so we're another sweep All on right. that one. Um, yeah, you know, it's – I don't know what it is. So, I mean, you saw, like, Dotson had more targets than him. Logan Thomas – I mean, Logan Thomas raised up from the dead yeah. and had eight <laughs> targets last week. I mean, and then Curtis Samuel had the most yards on the team. I mean, so he's in a void. Uh, and then my number one guy, I'm going back to the well on it. I don't care. Drake London, uh, you know, he ran 20 routes and got one target, uh, you know. And I don't know. I don't think things get better this week. I mean, so he faces the Packers. He's probably going to get that Alexander shadow coverage, which we just saw is not a great thing. So I'm going back to the well on him, and, and he's in a void. That's a great move. Great move, Shane. I didn't have him on my list, and looking back on it now, that's that's I should have definitely had him on my list because I completely agree with you. You know, being on the being on the field ninety percent of the snaps and then getting that one target's just that's alarming. Uh, very alarming. So, uh, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's nothing else else to say. It's going to be tough for Pitts and London owners as well as well as they're, you know, as long as they're running the ball the way they are and and they're able to get ahead in the game and then just kind of trust their defense and run it down. You know, beat up. I I just think from a game script standpoint, from what Falcons are going to be trying to do. Uh, it's going to be a bad, bad start to the season for London. Uh, as you were talking, Kenneth Gainwell ruled out. Yeah, saw that come through. All right, um, I, I think we're covered on red light wide receivers. We could jump to green lights. You guys all good here? Okay. Yep. Um, green light wide receiver. Um, I have uh, a couple here. Um, Nico Collins. I mean, we saw what he did last week, um, and I think that continues this week uh, against Indianapolis. Um, you know, he he just looks like the best wide receiver on the field, and I I'm, I'd be excited to start him this week. I'm I'm going to find ways to plug him in my lineup. Um, I don't have much else to add, uh, Nico. Jenny, do you got no. it? You got anything there? I think. No, I think he's the number one target on that team. So yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we were as high as we were, Ryan, on on Nico Collins. I know our underdog exposure is heavy. And oh yeah, that we were drafting him early yeah. too, and like late, late, like almost even the last round of underdog drafts early. So yeah, I feel great about that. Um. Yeah, well, who do you, who do you got, Shane O'Mac? You got any shockers for us? Shane O'Mac shockers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's I don't know if it's a shocker, but uh, you know, I I'm gonna green light DeAndre Hopkins this week. Yeehaw. So like you know, I 
I, I was not a Hopkins guy going into the year, but I did like what I saw last week. So he was third in the NFL uh, in targets uh, from wide receivers. Um, and I think he ended up as wide receiver like 25. And that was in a low scoring game against the Saints. You know, so now this week he faces the Chargers, who last year gave up the most fantasy points to all wide receivers. Should be a high-scoring game. Should see a lot of pass attempts on Tennessee side. So he gets peppered um, with targets. Um, I think he's a guy now that probably sneaks up uh, definitely into that top 15 and maybe even top 10 finish. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I do as well. I was definitely took a look at him, um, as I was going through my list. Um, I have from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so, you know, I know Ryan's going to feel really good about this one and totally agree because, uh, it's been, he's been quite vocal about how he feels about the bears this episode, but yeah, that defense is trash. I think Chris Godwin is gonna, um, be all over the field and, you know, I, I think you saw, you saw Evans get in the, in the end zone last week. I think you're going to see Godwin get in the end zone this week. Um, I could see him having, you know, an eight for 105 and a touchdown type of game. Um, so I'm starting Godwin if I have him. These are the kind of games that at home that you just want to be a Godwin owner in, in my mind. So, um, yeah, Chris Godwin. Yeah, I completely agree there, Mike. <laughs> completely agree. Um, I got Gabe Davis as well. I'll add him. Um, so I just think that Josh Allen and the bills, as I've said, this whole episode are going to come out and have an awesome game. Uh, I kind of realizing I'm pretty big bills. Let's just like Stan. So I don't want to say this is bias, but like, I just think Josh Allen is, you know, all you're hearing about in the in sports media this week is you know is josh allen overrated have we given him too much praise you know is he is this um is this turnover thing like a serious issue and like yeah it is he turns the ball over a lot he always has he also scores the most touchdowns um so you know he needs to clean that up i think that's a little bit of coaching um he should have developed and kind of for me, it's not even the turnovers like him running and jumping and taking a big hit in the middle in the air for no fucking reason. <laughs> it's like that. Those are the types of bonehead decisions that you got to clean up. Yeah, but I, I, I like the year that Gabe Davis is going to have. Um, and I think, you know, you're going to see the offense open up a little bit. And listen, like the Jets defense was designed to beat the Bills. Like, that's literally what the Jets defense was designed for. Yeah. Um, a disruptive offensive line that gets to Allen and makes him make those types of throws. So uh, that's literally what that, that – that's, that's what the uh, Jets did when they organized 
and put together that defense. So, you know, I, I expect a Raiders team to come in and get beat up bad. Gabe Davis benefits from that. Yeah. Uh, make a make a note here, Ryan. This is maybe where you need to go do a brrrp, edit because I just saw DeAndre Hopkins miss practice with oh, an ankle okay. issue. So, brrrp, yeah. All rewind, right. uh, sub in. <laughs> no, we'll we'll see what it is. It could be his typical rest day miss, or it could be something, you know, legitimate. Okay. Did he miss All any right. time that game? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. That that kind of catches me out of nowhere because I almost put him yeah. on my list as well. No, it it did. He didn't miss any time in that game. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. We'll just have to check. And see. Yeah, we'll keep a close eye on that one. Um, but Mike, I, I agree with you, man. Gabe, Gabe Davis. I feel like any week he can go out there and have two hundred yards and three touchdowns. Like he's that type of player that just can break free. We saw him do it time and time again in years past. Like he's just a uh, kind of like that X factor that um, could go off at any moment. So. Uh, yeah, I totally get that. And I heard I heard an alarming stat about uh, the Josh Allen turnovers. Since 2018, he's had over 50 fumbles. Like 20 <laughs> since 2018, over 50 fumbles. Um, that's a lot. So hopefully he can uh, uh, correct um, those turnovers from last week, and uh, I, I, I think he will. Also, uh, turning back the clock, uh, Nico Collins, he is our most owned wide receiver in underdog. Is he really? 30, 32.5%. Um, I think we basically owned him in like every single league until his dry, his, his ADP kind of corrected and, and rose uh, towards, towards the beginning of the season. But, yeah, we were just peppering um, Nico. But, anyways, let's get back on track. Those are my green lights, so you guys take it away, and I'll – you know, give my two cents. Yeah, Shane, did you have any other green lights you want to add before I jump in? Yeah. Yeah, just real quick. So uh, I like in that same game, I like Keenan Allen. Um, I like that he got, you know, I think it was nine or ten targets. Um, Titans gave up second most points to fantasy receivers last year. They just gave up two big wide receiver games last week in New Orleans. I mean, Shahid went for – I think it was five and 90 and a touchdown and Chris Olave had over a hundred yards. Um, so I think they're set up to probably, I went back and forth on Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but I'm going Mike. I mean, I'm going Keenan just because of the little uncertainty with Mike um, leaving that game and was checked out, I think from a head injury and he came back in, but still a little bit worrisome. So, and then the last one, I think everyone's going to starting, but and if you're not put him in every week, automatic starters, Zay Flowers. The usage is just ridiculous. I mean, he had like 45% target share, um, played most all the snaps. He is even got even got two rushes in that game. I mean, he's the number one alpha receiver for sure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I want to I want to say about Zay real quick. Um, so, you know, the the What's when someone might say to you is like, oh, well, how's this going to change when Mark Andrews uh, comes back? You know, he likes to hyper target Andrews, too. But with J.K. going down, I think you're just going to see more Dobbins um, getting more creative and see the ball in his hands. You mean flowers, you know, not say what? you said you're going to see more Dobbins. No, I said with Dobbins going down, you're going to see more of them um, along the line of scrimmage screen passes, just getting creative. Um, so, you know, what I was saying is the adding Andrews to the mix, you think would take away from his targets, but taking away Dobbins 
is I, I think that's a, you know, that's just going to be net neutral. So um, that's my thought process there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I have another Zay. I, I'm, I, in deeper formats and flex consideration, Zay Jones, uh, from what we saw last week, was intriguing. And then them going against Kansas City this week, Trevor Lawrence is going to need to put up a lot of points uh, to keep up with Kansas City. Uh, Kelsey's probably going to be back, so that offense is going to be humming, uh, trying to be on a revenge path from last week. And uh, I think you're going to see a sneaky big play, a sneaky big game out of Zay Jones, uh, uh, based on from what we saw last week. So in deeper formats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a little worried for Christian Kirk. I don't know what else to say there. Uh, I think he'll still have a decent year, but not nearly what. I was anticipating. Same, same here. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, uh, how about tight ends? Um, the ragtag group of tight ends. <laughs> who do you guys have? Uh, Shane, let's start with you. Who do you got for your green light, or I'm sorry, your red light tight end? Uh, so red light is. Uh, I had him as a play last week, and he had a pretty decent game. But I am avoiding Tyler Higby uh, at all costs. Um, 49ers just held Fryermuth to one catch on Sunday. Um, I expect a pretty limited production from him against that defense. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, and in in connection with that, I'm I'm putting a red line on Fryermuth. I mean, his one catch last week going against the stout defense with the Cleveland. Um, I just I, I don't have any confidence in Fryermuth this week. I have other options. I'm going elsewhere. Yeah, so I have Kittle in that same game as Higby. Um, I just I don't think Kittle's going to have a very high productive fantasy year. I think he's going to be a huge uh, integral piece to the Niners. But um, just the way that Ayuk is is performing, the way that um, Kittle's an essential, like he's 30 years old and he is an essential part of that offense in their blocking scheme. So like I, I just don't think you're going to be able to see him produce uh, how he does on offense and then and then still maintain his main blocking role. I just think with how good Ayuk is, that offense is going to start to um, just pour more targets into him, into Debo, into CMC, um, and kind of use – I just think Kittle's role is changing within the offense. It's simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm on the other side with Kittle. I, there's a little sneak peek. I have him on my green light list. I just think Kittle has a big game this week. Um, I mean, we saw what Kittle did with Brock Purdy last year. Yeah, Ayuk is ascending in this offense, and he's going to be their focal point in the passing game, and Debo looks a lot better than he did last year. But uh, I think uh, Kittle is a sneaky good play this week against the Rams. So uh, going head-to-head against Mike there, we'll see who – um, who's right on that one. Um, but uh, another tight end I have in my red light list is uh, Kyle Pitts. I mean, I just, you know, along with the Drake London take, I just, I have no confidence in Pitts going this year or going this week in Green Bay. Um, was very concerning from what I saw on the field last week. And uh, this this Atlanta team loves to run the ball. Artie Smith is just, uh, he's got a great run scheme and that's what they lean on. So uh, I will, I am trying to avoid starting Pitts at all costs. Um, if, if, if Kittle, how, what, what's the, what, what kind of yards can we put up on, on here? Um, what, what, what's, what kind of a bet can we have, 
I want you to wear a cheese head for next week's episode. If he, I won't be doing that. If he, if, 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 <laughs> we can't put together a, a, a pod bet that you wear a cheese head if he doesn't have a- <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> All right. It was worth a try. Um, yeah. Like you said about London, I'm worried about pits. There's nothing else to say there. Uh, Mike, you got anybody else on your red light tight ends? Not worth talking about. I just put Hawkinson then <laughs> Hawkinson on there to uh, to go along with the Vikings um, fade. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what about uh, Dallas Goddard too? I want to mention him. I mean, the guy just put up uh, a goose egg last week, and uh, I'm just concerned. I know, I know, against Minnesota's uh, passing game, I could be wrong about this, but I'm just I'm I'm a little worried about Goddard um, going into this week from what we saw last week. And see, I'm on the other side. He was one of my green lights. Um, I think two things. One, greasy wheel, you know, treatment this week. Coach already come out and said that they've got to get him more involved. He's one of the guys they need to get more involved. Um, I like what he did last year. I looked up and saw, like, he went 5 for 82 last year against the Vikings. Um, I could see something similar to that, you know, this week. Yeah, I agree. He's on my green light list. I think positive uh, positive regression for him. He's gonna, you know, he he's he's someone that we know his role in the offense, and it's not gonna change. Um, and they're gonna look to get him going pretty early and often in this game. Um, all right, who else do you guys have on your green light list? Uh, so I am. Uh, I love me some of the rookie tight ends. I mean, come at me, rookie tight end haters. It's literally full of my list is full of rookie tight ends over here. <laughs> come at me. I, I love Sam Laporta this week. So, Same. I mean, you might think, forgot about what he did versus Kansas City, but, you know, it was, I think he had eight or nine PPR points, um, but he was second on the team in catches. He played like 85% of the snaps. Uh, Seahawks allowed the most points to fantasy tight ends last year. And Tyler Higby was just the tight end eight last week against him. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I have Laporta. I think he looked, it's not even like the amount that he got targeted. It's how he looked catching the ball. He had some outstanding catches for a tight end. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, just gaining that trust from golf that early, he's going to have such a huge role in the past. I mean, Look at like the way that Marvin Jones should have had a massive game and he had some bad, bad drops. Uh, and then you see Laporta in traffic making great grabs with his hands as a, from a tight end, from a rookie tight end in his first ever NFL game. Like Goff is a veteran quarterback who remembers those things on the field. Um, so we saw what that role for Hawkinson was in that offense. Laporta is just looking so good there. Um, I, I love Laporta as well. I mean, uh, I saw someone, you know, you always got to look at on waiver day, who's picking up who, but also who's dropping who someone dropped Laporta. And I mean, come on, that's, I don't care who my tight end is there. Uh, I'm adding him right now. You yeah. Know? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a trio here again. I got Laporta on my list as well. It's hard not to have him on this list from what we saw last week. Uh, very intriguing uh, going against that Seattle defense. I think Sam Laporta has a big game. Uh, also, Dalton Kincaid. I know, Mike, uh, is Kincaid on your list as well? 
Yeah, so. I'm not shocked. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Kincaid, he looked he looked somewhat good too. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm really liking what I see from these rookie tight ends. Uh, and usually you don't see that from rookie tight ends, but I think this class is a little different and uh, very happy with them. And then also a little caveat I would like to mention, Hayden Hurst too. Hayden Hurst being the number one target for um, Bryce Young and uh, Carolina going against New Orleans. I think uh, Hayden Hurst could have a, another big game this week with another touchdown, uh, you know, quite a bit of yards and some receptions. But uh, I, li- I like Hayden Hurst this week as well. Yeah, he was tight end two yeah. last week. I mean, who? I yeah. mean, that's and crazy. he's the tight end two on the season, right? Tight end two on the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see Kelsey uh, and Andrews back. I, you know, the two big dogs. Uh, so I, you know, I think they'll both be back this week, and I think they're going to step into their tight end one and two roles uh, that they just have dominated over the past you know handful of seasons so yeah they're gonna make you feel comfortable um, for drafting them in the in the first couple rounds you know yeah yeah i I definitely it sucked not having andrews that week one after putting you know a a tight end or a third round draft capital in on him but i mean come on he's he should step in and um, help out that offense right away i think the ravens are going to just continue to get better every week so um that is it for me is that did everyone get through the list are we all good yeah i've talked about everybody i want to talk about all right um shane why don't you hammer through uh give us a recap and we'll all go through our lists and go from there all right so the green quarterbacks i had was daniel jones golf richardson um red was tua and cousins um Green running backs was Stevenson, James Cook. Uh, red was Akers and Little Herbert. Lil, Lil. <laughs> Lil Herbert. Uh, wide receiver greens was Keenan Allen. Asterisk, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe to be replaced with Save Flowers. Check your bottom for <laughs> injury notes. Uh Wide receiver, red, uh, Drake London and scary Terry McLaurin. Um, and then tight end greens was Laporta and Dallas Goddard. And uh, tight end reds was Higby. Uh, and I agree with Pitts. Awesome. Can we, can you, can you specify which one was the Shano Mac shocker of the week? The Shano Mac shocker of the week is to a tongue of other. I love it. Right, I love you. it. All right, what do you got? Uh, yeah, my my red light uh, quarterbacks are Dak Prescott against the Jets, uh, Justin Fields against Tampa. Uh, green light quarterbacks, Daniel Jones this week is a green light with uh, Brock Purdy going against the Rams. Uh, red light running backs, Najee Harris and Cam Akers, stay away. Uh, green light running backs, uh, give me James Cook and Rashad White. Uh, wide receivers, uh, red light, Terry McLaurin and DJ Moore. Uh, green light, uh, give me Zay Jones and Nico Collins in deeper formats. Love them in the flex this week. Uh, tight ends, red light, Pat Fryermuth and Kyle Pitts, stay away. And green light, um, those rookie tight ends with Sam Laporta, Kincaid, uh, but also throwing a little jar, jo- George Kittle. Uh, that's my my red light, green light for the week. There you go. I have uh, my red lights, Jimmy G, Sam Howell, running back, Brian Robinson, Alexander Madison, Najee Harris, wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, uh, Devonte Adam and tight end 
um, Kittle, I guess Hawkinson, but more so Kittle. Um, green lights, quarterback, Goff, Anthony Richardson, Danny Dimes, Saquon Barkley, the Bijan Gibbs running uh, rookie running back combo, DeAndre Swift, Rashad White, Gabe Davis, Godwin at wide receiver, uh, Dallas Goddard, and the rookie tight ends combo of Kincaid and Laporta. All right. Well, uh, that about does it for our red light, green light segment for week two. We hope you guys enjoyed uh, the content, and we appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned uh, for the rest of the week. We got a weekly uh, pick 'em uh, where Mike and I will go through uh, the slate for this week and talk about uh, the results on, in our pick 'em league uh, from last week. So uh, stay tuned for that. And above all, Shane, what should we do? Hey, Scott Hansen, buckle up! <laughs>